People think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. And welcome to Kidney Talk. We are on location now. I know. It's so exciting. We are in the beautiful city of El Segundo. At the Summerfield Hyatt Suites. Yes. We get free rooms because Lori just mentioned that. <laughs> but no, we are here because of the PEP training. Patients educating patients and professionals. Yes. It's a program that's sponsored by Amgen and it's helping us. We brought 31 patients from around the country here and we're giving them four days of speaker training and it's been so much fun. It's so cool because they're from around the country and it looks like the Democratic National Convention, you know, they're all wearing those straw hats with the name of their states on it and everything. <laughs> and no. over 579 years of kidney disease experience. Can you believe that in one room? 507. But did you include me? Because I'm not one oh, of the yes. paths. So it's, it's 580. 580. But you know what? 579 sounds better, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. 580 does. doesn't have the impact of 579. And our first guest, we're going to have lots of guests because oh, there's yes. they're such great stories here, is a guy named Martin Lowe. What a name is Martin that? Martin Lowe Spalding. He's um this is his second year. We gotta ask him about his name. Yes, and he has got so much energy and he has six kids. Can you believe that? Oh my gosh, six kids. I, I can barely with the two I have, you know? <laughs> and he is Mr. Dad. Mr. Dad, Mr. Yes, family guy. Yes, and Mr. I understand family he guy. has some some good tips on how to keep the romance alive. Driving a cab in a big apple could really get on your nerves. With all the traffic, the noises, the rude drivers. Oh, watch where you're going, wise guy. Get some glasses. Oh, where was I? Oh, yeah, the rude drivers. There's one thing I wish was a little louder or not so quiet. Secondary hyperparathyroidism. I know it's a big word, but you know what? It's a big problem. It's often referred to as a silent disease. I didn't even know what I had until I experienced weakness, achy bones, itchy skin, and sexual dysfunction. But you didn't hear that last one from me. Some people call it the bone disease because of the loss of too much phosphorus and calcium. But what you don't know, Mr. Smarty Pants, is that it also affects soft tissue like the heart, the lungs, the blood vessels, bada bing, bada boom, and that's about everything. So don't be a wise guy. Wise up and talk to your doctor about the big boy. Secondary hyperparathyroidism. Whoa, for crying out loud, do me a favor, Grandma. Get off the road and throw away your keys. And welcome, Martin Lowe. Now, off the bat, explain the name to everybody out there. Martin Lowe. Okay, you want the good version, funny version? Well, how about the truth? That oh. always works for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it goes way back to high school. I have a background in performing and singing, and I was a um, Barry Manilow fan. All really? through high school, yes. Mm-hmm. About eighth grade, my friends kind of nicknamed me Martin Lowe. Because I did a song by Ray Stevens called I Need Your Help, Barry Manilow. You may remember that song. No, let's hear a little bit it of it. It was very funny. Let me hear it. about I need your help, Barry Manilow. I live on the San Andreas Fault. 
It's and a that's how you got the name. And this is not what you do for a living, obviously. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> You're so mean. Yeah, it's, whenever, I, whenever I was announced, it said, today we have a, a guy singing a song about um, Barry Martinlow rather than Barry Manilow. Now, wait, oh, wait, okay. wait a second. So you changed your name legally? Not to... legally. No, no. So your real name is Martin? The legal name given by my parents is Martin, which came from the church, St. Martin, where my parents were married. Oh, well, okay. so Martin, so he has a normal name. He does have a Martin. Oh, so everybody yeah. says his real name is Martin Lowe, and I'm going, it must be some kind of Viking name or something. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you first find out you had kidney disease? Well, actually, it happened about a year and a half after, after I was married. And it was right before Labor Day weekend and didn't feel well. I had blurred vision, vomiting, nausea, fainted actually at home with my um, about six-month-old daughter. And when my wife came home from work, she was working third shift, she found me, collapsed. And of course they took me to the hospital and my blood pressure was very high and they started doing tests to figure out what was going on and, and things were coming back negative. So finally they decided to check out the kidneys. And of course it came back immediately, creatinine of 12, BUN of 60, chronic kidney wow, disease. Wow, and you had no symptoms. Like when your creatinine was seven, you didn't have any symptoms no, or anything no, no. like yeah. that? Because actually before we were married, which was about a year and a half, we had blood tests done to make sure that we would be compatible to have children because we both had talked about having a big family. How old were you at this time? I was 25. Wow, wow. and your six month old was like running around the house? Yes, well, well no, she running. was in bed. They're not, they're not walking at six months yeah. yet, Steven. Usually about well, nine months or ten months. <laughs> I have a kid. I have a super kid. He was skating. He was oh. doing figure oh, skating okay. at eight months. So. Okay. Once you found out you had kidney disease, how long did it take you to go it, on dialysis? It, it took about a month. I, I went wow. through the, the social work classes and finding about the different treatment and uh, modalities. I was very one of the, probably one of the few fortunate patients that got all that great information because my wife happened to be a renal nurse. So I was blessed wow. with that. Kidding. Your wife is a renal nurse? She is. And she didn't, you know, figure out the symptoms? Absolutely you... not. She would, like always, she would always come home and tell me stories about these young people coming in with chronic kidney disease. And I just kind of blew it off. Well, that, you know, that's their Yeah, that's thank their God story. that's not this me. Like, yeah, exactly. This is like the shoemaker whose kids don't have any shoes, right? They never check at home if they have the problem. Exactly, right. What so shoemaker do you know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so it took about a month, and I was very fortunate that my lab stayed stable. I have a great faith in my religion, and I had my entire church praying for us. So my lab stayed stable for the month, and I decided to go on peritoneal. So I had a catheter placed, and it took time for that to heal. And I was very blessed. I didn't have to go into hemodialysis in between. And then I got the training, and I was on peritoneal dialysis. For how long were you on peritoneal? For about 13 months. And during that time, my family was all tested. I had two sisters, a brother, and a mom and dad. And the chances were about 12% I would have a half match. And actually, all of them matched 50%, and my brother was an identical match. So did you get your brother's kidney? Yes, I got my brother's kidney. And yes. that's the one you have now? No, it's not. It's actually oh. my, I have a second transplant now. My kidney from my brother lasted about 10 years. And then my disease came back and destroyed that kidney. And then I went back on peritoneal dialysis again. Then, of course, was a cycler where I could be hooked up during the night. And then my sister gave me her kidney. My, my youngest sister, Rita, gave me her kidney, and I've had that since June of 04. So it's an ongoing joke in our family. My next oldest sister's next. Well, well I'm sure she's not laughing about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about your family, because I think one thing that's really remarkable about you is that you have six kids. And tell us a little bit about your kids. And after we take a break, I want to hear about some of the tips you can give the community about raising a family and raising children. Or not just the community, just us. Just give yeah, us just the us. tips. Yeah, okay. her, I need We're not going to share it with the community. We need some tips to raise Steven. He hasn't grown up yet. Okay. Hello? Hi, Mom. 
Boy, that was some storm last night, huh? We actually lost power for a few minutes. Oh, you think that was bad? You should have seen the one back in 52. Well, now that you're on dialysis, you should really have a plan in case of an emergency. Ha! Last emergency I had was when you got your head stuck in the hamster cage. Scared the little fella to death, those big eyes just staring at him. I'm talking about emergencies, like severe weather, earthquakes, or power outages. What if there was no water or transportation to get you to dialysis? It's important to be prepared. You mean like carrying important medical information? Or asking your facility for alternative arrangements for treatment? Or preparing emergency stock of supplies, foods, and medicines? Or learning what diet to follow if your dialysis must be delayed? You already knew all this? I've got to run, Sonny. I'm late for Taekwondo. Bye, Mom. And now, it's time to Ask the Nephrologist. I'm always so tired. How do I stay active with limited energy? And here's Dr. Alan Nissenson with the answer. Just having kidney failure, whether you've started dialysis yet or even people who are on dialysis, getting it the traditional three times a week and doing well, are still not going to feel 100%. Because think about the fact that your kidneys are working for such a brief period of time, your artificial kidney, compared to your normal kidneys. So it's not surprising that dialysis can't remove all the toxins. It actually removes about 15 to 20% of the toxins. That's about what it does. And your body's left with all the other toxins that it doesn't remove very well, some of which make you feel tired and weak. Uh, there are some specific causes of tiredness and weakness. The most important one is anemia. That's something the dialysis unit and the nephrologist uh, check very frequently, give you medication for, and generally is well controlled. So although that may contribute somewhat to tiredness, it's probably not the most important reason anymore. It, you, if you were to ask me this question before 1989, I would have said anemia accounts for almost all of this. In 1989, the medication which almost all dialysis patients get now, EPO, which stimulates the body to make blood, uh, has pretty much corrected the anemia as a problem. So anemia, although it's a little bit of a problem, still is not the problem it was, but people are still tired who are on dialysis. One of the most important contributors to tiredness is a lack of physical conditioning. And I think, although it's hard, it's critically important in dialysis patients, even more than in the general population, to exercise on a regular basis. As hard as that is, and as difficult as it is, there's clear evidence that regular exercise in dialysis patients improves blood pressure, improves the blood count, decreases the drive to drink fluids between dialysis, improves muscle strength, and improves energy. All of those things can come from simple exercising, like riding on a stationary bicycle. So although the, the cause of tiredness probably can't be removed with the way we're currently doing dialysis, um, the sensation and the muscle weakness can be improved with regular exercise. The Ask a Nephrologist segment of this program is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition. The Renal Support Network and the Renal Physicians Association make no representations or warranties and provide no guarantees of any kind as to the accuracy of any information provided during the Ask a Nephrologist segment. Just let me stay for the rest. 
Makeup of your family, boys, girls, well, puppy makeup dogs. Is, uh, first, I would talk about an incredible female, which would be my wife, Elaine. I can't even begin to speak about my wife. Now, how children. many wives have you had? I have just one, Stephen. Just one. Yeah. But she's an incredible woman. I've, my life has been touched in so many ways. I have a woman of such unconditional love that loves me regardless of anything that's happened to me. That was my biggest fear when I was first diagnosed because I was told statistics about sometimes typically in a marriage like that, the spouse may leave, get out early. Well, this is true. Yeah. I'm just hoping that that will happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I was very blessed. And I, I, a dear friend of mine, Bob Felter, from years ago, he'd always introduce himself and say he has three kids, one of each. Three kids, one of each. Yeah, what so did he mean? <laughs> well, he has one boy and one girl. So it was just kind of a play for him to get just like a grabber. Oh, he was a speaker. Okay. So it was lots of fun. But I have six children, of course. Um, five one girls. Of each, right. One of each, of course, Stephen. And have uh, one wonderful son who's just a, um, I, I guess, a bingo identical match of myself. And what's their names? Olivia, who's 16. Andrew is 12. Anna is 10. Elizabeth is 8. Emma is um, 10, sorry. And Amy is 6. So See, that's baby. the problem with having too many kids. I know. You, you get can't think of their tracks. names. Yeah. Every and two years, they're two years apart. Just about. Between Olivia and Andrews, when I had my diagnosis of kidney failure and kind of getting our life together, we waited. And actually, we did make plans um, before my transplant because I was advised of the medicine. I may have problems conceiving. So we did take the initiative and we did conceive Andrew, our son, actually the day before my transplant. Because we oh, want to make sure we have another child. How convenient. Right. Yeah. You know, I suggest you get a hobby, though, other than, <laughs> you know. I mean, for God's sakes, watch television now and then. <laughs> David Letterman's pretty good late at night. Oh, okay. So, so tell us about your children. How do you, you know, tell them about your transplant and dialysis? Have you explained everything to them? And are you worried that they may be at risk for kidney disease? Well, absolutely, Lori. Actually, um, we, through Riley Hospital of in Annapolis, we work with a nephrologist there, a pediatric. And when my children turn 10, they go in and do a complete workup to see if they have any early onset signs of kidney failure. So um, two of my children have gone through that, and Anna's actually going through it next month. So that's just by being educated, being an advocate for myself, I learned to do that to see if there was any early onset signs of kidney failure for my children. Of course, that's the biggest fear that I have, and I would probably think all, all to myself, you know, it's my fault they have kidney failure, and they may have to go through the, everything that I went through in my life. But so far, they're all clear, right? They are all clear, yes. Oh, fantastic. Now, you know, with that many kids around, you know, it's really hard to keep your marriage going very romantic and everything. So how, give us some pointers on that with the kids running around and everything. You got to plan out dates and everything. You're absolutely right, Stephen. We have a lot of fun with it, actually. My wife and I, we take turns every month planning dates. And the best part about it, we don't tell each other what we're doing, but we have to agree whatever the other spouse comes up with, you have to do it. So like if you want to go to a strip club, she's got to go, right? Absolutely. Or ah. you can be really creative. Um, once I, I had a friend who had a, a, a big background or backyard, I'm sorry, and we decided to go camping. So and I had some, I said, well, Elaine, we're going to do something just a little bit different. I said, we're all out in the big woods. We're all to ourselves, And let's be like animals. So I said, how about this? How about we Sounds run good to me. We run through the woods naked and we make mating calls. And we did that and we had lots of fun with it. Until you got arrested, right? <laughs> 
You know, me, you know, I don't like the woods anyway, but, you know, naked know, in the woods, it's like it, the, bugs the bugs get in places you, you don't want them you, to go. Did you have insect repellent all over you? No, I was afraid to put that in, you know, certain places, so I just went without it. <laughs> and nothing bit you? Uh, well, Other my, than wife, his wife. my wife. My <laughs> wife. Uh-oh, we're getting a little oh X-rated kidney know, talk here. I know, One of the things I also know is that you're an incredible father. Tell us some of the things you do with your kids. I mean, I know that you've had your nails painted once. Can you tell us a little bit about that? We sure do. Actually, I really don't like the word father. I really like to be called a daddy because I think any man who fathers or is a, a sperm donor can be a father but just by being biological. So I go by daddy and my kids really love to call me that. So they go, you my daddy? Uh, yeah, you my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, right after lunch, I talked to all of them on the phone and just they shared me what had been going on all week. But one thing they really like that we do, Elaine and I, we, we take turns taking them out on dates. Your kids? Do you run naked to the woods with no, your kids? Do <laughs> Thank God. We're, we're yeah. ready to call CPS. <laughs> But for example, my son Andrew's birthday is on June 15th. So instead of celebrating his birthday only once a year, we celebrate every month. So April 15th, we take turns taking our kids out. Just recently, I took my son Andrew, and he picked to go to the Louisville uh, Slugger Museum down in Louisville, Kentucky. So we give it up to them to plan their day because we want our kids to be creative and do lots of fun things in their lives. No, wait, wait a second. You, one kid is born on... The 15th right. of what? June. June, but you celebrate that one kid's birthday every month? Yes, yeah, just do something special for him. You can well, doesn't have... the other kids get jealous since what? you're celebrating his birthday all the time? No, because they have the same day every month as well. Do they? Uh, were any of them born on the month. same day? I see. No. Oh, that's a good thing. Yes, very important. <laughs> but one thing I'm very proud of is an organization, actually, which is funded through Family First, which is based out of Florida called Doodads. And through our school system, we have a group of dads that do activities put on by dads, created by dads for the children in the schools, and none of the moms are ever allowed. Kind of like what the PTA does. Mm -hmm. And something I came up was Princess for a Day. I thought little girls, my little girls love to dress up. And and your, your little boy must hate that. No, actually, <laughs> he joins in, joins in as well. well I'll talk about that really quick. It's an alternative <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> But anyway, we had a day at school where we decorated the gym to look like a castle. We had a breakfast fit for a queen that morning, and then the dads came with them, and they made little um, king crowns for the dads. They made them up and put them on. And then what I did as the organizer for the event, I declared that today all kings had no power. So all the princesses had authority and command whatever they wanted their dads to do. So, of course, in pre-planning, I had said with the girls, let's make your dads get their toenails and their fingernails painted. So you I'm can do that speechless. <laughs> What can I say? So and then you of, all became yeah. queen for the day. Yeah, that's right. And that happened on a Saturday. Of course, all the dads went through. We even had a couple of dads that are jocks, a couple of dads that are in corporate America. And I really had to say, you guys have got to do this. And they really did it, which was lots of fun. But something that happened to me was, of course, that Saturday, I was in the event, had my fingernails done. We had something that evening, and I had, had to read at church the next morning. Well, I, I forgot to take off the fingernail polish going to church. <laughs> and what color was it? <laughs> all the bright colors of glitter and all that wonderful things that little girls <laughs> like to put on. So that was lots of fun. I loved to see everybody in the church when they saw my fingers. Because when I noticed it, I kind of brought it to their attention. So I made it even more fun. So now I understand you do this by yourself every so often, too. <laughs> <laughs> what is that color you're wearing right now? Oh, it's, Can it's I a nice, borrow it? It is. It's a nice California color. <laughs> well... I think it's actually 
incredible that you take so much energy and time for your family. And what are some tips that you can give us? Um, I don't have any kids, but I do have animals, and I have a husband. So everybody listening out there, that didn't sound very good, did it? <laughs> you noticed that the animals come first, I and then the husband. That. I'll be sure to remind you of that. I think I'll be here tomorrow. But anyway, I guess the, the, if I had to pick one thing that I would stress to parents to make their kids feel special every single day, no matter how small it is. If your child comes home with a, a graded test, you know, I get down to their level. I actually get down on my knees and I talk with them one-on-one -on -one and I praise them for that and tell them how a wonderful person they are, that how proud I am. Because I know a lot of parents kind of just streamline that. They go, okay, fine, and they like pat them on the back and they go on and do whatever they're doing. But take those special moments to do that. When you get up in the morning, what one thing I do with my girls at nighttime when I put them to bed, I hold them in my arms after reading to them and I'll say like Elizabeth, I'll say, Elizabeth, how do you expect in all of this world of all the Elizabeths that I was so lucky to get you? Wow. It's so powerful and her, her heart lights up, her eyes light up. And this is the 21 year old you say? You <laughs> no, that's my eight year old. Oh, you're eight year old. Oh, I yeah. see. But I she see. Loves, to, loves to do that. Well, you know, we have something in common because, you know, before I speak to my wife, she makes me get down on my knees, too. <laughs> I won't touch that. Hi, folks. Crazy Kenny Kid here to tell you about the incredible specials we're having. We are definitely wheeling and dealing this weekend. If I can't put you in a proper axis, a lifeline like me and the missus like to call them, then I'll stand on my head and eat a low-sodium bug. First, we have a Crazy Kenny Kid special on hemodialysis access with several different models. We have catheters great for the beginners or in any emergency, but you'll soon want to move up to a more sporting model. Next, we have the AV Graft, a good utility access, but believe me, sweet folks, I have saved the best for last, the fistula. This is the access that everyone is talking about. You'll get great mileage and years of use with this baby. What's that you say? Hemo just doesn't fit the lifestyle you prefer, PD? Well, feast your eyes on this baby. Oh, I forgot this is radio. You'll just have to trust me on this one, folks. This is the PD catheter model. Beautiful, efficient, and easily hidden from view. So take your pick. We're dealing all week. We'll really have to move these babies. Keep your access clean and free of infection. A daily check for signs of redness and warmth could indicate infection. Check with your health care team for tips on how to keep your dialysis access clean and safe for use. And remember, if I can't put you in one of these lifelines, I'll stand on my head and eat a low-sodium bug. So, Stephen, what kind of nail polish do you want? What color are you looking for? Come on. You know, I'm kind of like a goth chick in inner deep, you know, so I would black <laughs> You want some purple. black nail polish or with a little purple, purple tips? Or something like that, yeah. And yeah. you're going to paint your toes, too? You know, my favorite thing, though, was, you know, going naked in the forest and biting <laughs> each other. That, that, I'm that, not going to touch that one. No, I like that one a lot better than oh, that. Oh, my goodness. I think I'm going to stick to painting nails. You know what? I would, uh, you know, constantly do dialysis if I could run to the forest naked and bite people. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference.
Renal Support Network would like to thank everyone who has made this show possible. Kidney Talk's founding sponsor is Amgen. Generous support is provided by Roche Pharmaceuticals and Astellas. Friends of Kidney Talk are Abbott Laboratories, American Region, and Fresenius Medical Care North America. Thank you for helping us stream health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. Visit rsnhope.org for more information. The opinions, recommendations, statements, and advice contained on Kidney Talk are for information only. You should not use the information on the show to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without first consulting with a qualified health care provider. Please consult with your health care provider about any questions or concerns you may have regarding your condition or dietary regimen.